This audio is brought to you by MuslimCentral.com. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Audhu billahi s-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulihi al-kareem wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. We've been talking about means by which our du'as are accepted. And as some of the narrations say that the du'a of a person is suspended between the heavens and the earth until a person sends salawats on the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma salli wa sallam wa barak ala abdika wa rasulika Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam tasliman kathira. When you send your peace and blessings upon him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the dua travels to the heavens and he is the one who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent to be amongst us on this earth with guidance from the heavens and was a mercy to all in the heavens and on earth. And subhanAllah, as we do our prayers, we begin our prayer with Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen and we end it with Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ala ali Muhammad kama sallayta ala Ibrahim wa ala ali Ibrahim innaka hamidun majid. You begin your prayer with hamd, with praise, you end it with salawat. It is one of the most noble ways to invoke your Lord. It brings you close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in ways that no other dhikr can because Allah loves His Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And when you invoke Allah with His beloved one, then you automatically close the gap, the distance of your dua. But I want to get very specific about what this means in terms of incorporating salawat into your dua. And there's a beautiful narration from Ubay ibn Ka'ab radiallahu ta'ala anhu, one in which there is much discussion. Because Ubay radiallahu ta'ala anhu comes to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and I want to see your lips moving, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. You can't say it enough, by the way. You can't say it enough. Ubay radiallahu ta'ala anhu comes to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and he tells him, Ya Rasulullah, inni ukthiru salata alayk. I tend to make plenty of prayers upon you. In one narration, I have a prayer in which I am making. So I have a dua that I make and I increase in my salawat upon you. How much of my dua should I dedicate to salawat? So he asked the Prophet wasallam, if I do one-fourth of my dua in salawat, would that be good? The Prophet wasallam told him that that would be good and you can increase. And he said, Ya Rasulullah, what if I make it half of my dua? And the Prophet wasallam told him that it will be good and you can increase. And he said, Ya Rasulullah, what if I make it two-thirds of my dua? He said that that would be good and you can increase. And he said, Ya Rasulullah, what if I make the entirety of my dua salawat? And the Prophet told him, if you do that, it will be good for you. And he said, Your concerns will all be removed and your sins will all be forgiven. This is a very interesting hadith multiple facets. I don't have time to go in depth into all of them, but it is a rich interpretation. Number one, the Prophet is your noble brother. This was one of the episodes of the Angel series and we talked about this concept. Imam Taymiyyah is a beautiful intervention on this hadith. This is referring to not the thana portion of your dua, not the praise portion of, uh, 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 portion of your dua. Remember, your supplication is made up of thana and talab, praise and ask, praise and request. 
So the thana of Allah Azza has to stay. The hamd of Allah has to stay. The praise of Allah has to stay. This is referring to the talab portion, the request portion of your dua. And we are taught as believers, not just to make dua for ourselves, but to make dua for each other, for our brothers and sisters. And when you make dua for your brother or sister, an angel says, Ameen, walaka bimithbi. Ameen, and for you as well. So Imam Taymi rahimahullah said, so what then when you make dua for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam? the most noble brother that you have ever had. Not only is it the angel that says, Jibreel alayhi salam sends salawats upon you 10 times. Allah himself, who is greater than Jibreel alayhi salam, sends salawats upon you 10 times. Allah allows the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam to respond to your salam. So Allah, Jibreel, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, on top of that, on top of that, Allah writes down 10 hasanat for you. Allah removes 10 sayyats from you. And Allah raises you by 10 degrees, 10 darajat. This is the virtue of one salah on Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. That's just one. So what if you do that 100 times? What if you do that 50 times? What if your heart is present? What if you feel a deep emotional attachment when you're doing it? So this is the first element of this that from the talab perspective, from the request perspective, what ask are you going to make of Allah that's going to give you those rewards? What ask are you going to make of Allah that's going to give you those rewards? Another element of this, the ulama say, it may be that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was speaking to the case of Ubay ibn Ka'ab radiallahu anhu specifically because he knew he had a particular prayer that he was trying to make. All right, he knew he had a particular dua he wanted to make. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was telling him that this will achieve what you are asking. Another, uh, another uh, saying in regards to this hadith that some of the ulama mentioned is they said, Al-Kul, uh, all of it in the Arabic language means Al-Akthar, most of it. Just like when Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha says that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam used to fast all of Sha'ban, Kullahu. Shiman akhtarahu, the, the majority of it. So in the Arabic language, when you say all of it, it could mean that you mean the majority of it. So the Prophet ﷺ was just encouraging Ubay to increase the portion that you're never going to max out. You're never going to max out on salawat in your dua. Okay? And just like with hamd, just like there is value in simply praising and thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying alhamdulillah there is value in simply saying salawat and simply reading a book of seerah reading sama'il watching something that brings you closer to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam you know i never enjoyed recording anything like i did meeting muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam your heart feels light you talk about him your heart feels light you hear about him your heart feels light there is a science to that that is divine tukfa hammak your concern is gone when you talk about him sallallahu alayhi wasallam, when you send prayers upon him. What do the scholars mention here, by the way, which is so profound? What are you going to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for of this dunya, except that you are seeking raf'uham, for Allah to remove some stress from you? Everything you're asking Allah for in the category of worldly need is in some way, shape, or form, the removal of a burden, right? Whether you're asking Allah to protect you from harm, or you're asking Allah to give you something of this world, or you're asking Allah to bless something of you of this world, what are you asking Allah for except that you're really seeking the removal of hem, of burden, so that you could have contentment in this life? 
And what are you seeking from Allah of the hereafter? Except that sins are a barrier to what you are asking for. And if those sins are removed, then you will achieve everything that you could be asking him for. يُغْفَرُ لَكَ ذَنْبُكَ Your sins will all be forgiven. So if the sins are forgiven, then where do you go? Jannah. The sins are the barrier between you and goodness in the hereafter, just as stress is the barrier between you and goodness in this life. And so when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam says, if you increase in salawat, your hum will be gone. Yukfa hamak. Your stress is gone. And your forgiveness, your sins will all be forgiven. A lesson for this, from this, for us, is to increase as much as we can, to make it part of your wirr, to make it part of your daily remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, your daily supplication. That doesn't mean don't ask Allah. That doesn't mean abandon all the other du'as, right? The Prophet ﷺ taught us many du'as. That means that when you have a request to make of Allah, increase in the salawat on Rasulullah ﷺ. And I want you to, to, to think back. When does your heart feel lighter? When do you feel closer to your Lord than when you are in proximity to the mention of the Prophet ﷺ? How many of you have been to Medina? Ever felt more happy and at peace than that? No. <laughs> you never feel more at ease than when you're in proximity of the Prophet ﷺ and walking in the footsteps of Rasulullah ﷺ. When you read his seerah, when you listen about him, when you interact with him. At those moments when you're feel, feeling that closeness, even with your family. You know what? Before I move on to the next chapter, before I move on to the next lesson, let me take a step back and just say, Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ala ali Muhammad. Oh Allah, send your peace and blessings upon him, upon his family, upon his companions. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala send his peace and blessings upon him. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to be plentiful in our salawat upon him. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to embody the traits of him that make us love him. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala join us with our beloved sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in al-firdaus al-a'la. Allahumma ameen wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.